0: Welcome friends. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Savannah Ritchie, and this is from Olive to Oil podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a licensed professional clinical counselor, and just an average person trying to figure out how to do life with the Lord daily. This is an inclusive space where we share about refining moments in our life that God uses for his glory. I'm so grateful for your support and to have you listening. We are live. Welcome, Anastasia. I'm so excited to have you on today. Welcome to From Olive to Oil podcast. I have Anastasia Nelson with me today. She is a mom, a wife, a new Nona, which is so very special, and the director of women's ministry for FCA. Anastasia, thank you for being here. I am honored and humbled, Savannah, and very excited to get to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course. I got to be mentored by you and have gleaned so much from all of your wisdom, so I'm really excited to give everyone else the chance to do so as well. So if you could tell us who you are, who your people are, what your life looks like, and where it all happens. Yeah, so as you said,
1: I am a wife to pup. Um, It's his nickname. Ron (laughs) Nelson is his birth given name and we've been married for 30 years. We have three grown children, Zachariah, Samuel, and Ruth. My son Sam is married to Nikki, beautiful daughter-in-law, and they have a nine-month-old son, Weston. So I am a Nona, and I'm loving it. So that's kind of what, you know, life has been like the last year and a half, has been seeing a grown child get married, And then become a father, and I'm a Nona, and so it's just wonderful being a grandparent. So that's a huge thing in my life that's changed um, recently. But uh, as you said, I'm the director of women's ministry with Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in Central California. And I came on staff six years ago after leaving a teaching career of 18 years, taught kindergarten for a long time, loved it, but just really felt called, and I know we'll get more into this maybe later, but felt called by the Lord to leave teaching and come on staff um, with FCA, serving female coaches and coaches' wives. We live here in Clovis. We've been here for about 22 years, and I really never thought I would be living in the Central Valley, (laughs) having grown up on the the Monterey Peninsula and love the beach. But we've been here for a long time, but love this community. Very connected and excited how God brought you and I together. And I know we'll get to talk about that later too.
0: (laughs) Yes. So for those who don't know what FCA stands for, can you tell us what that means? Yes. So FCA
1: stands for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It is a nonprofit organization, a parachurch ministry, and our vision is to see the world uh, transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. And our mission and how we do that is to lead every coach and athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. And so, you know, for me, what that has looked like, there's a lot to FCA or, you know, the, the ministry as a whole. We reach out to coaches. Uh, we have campus huddles. We have host camps and then connect with our community and the local church. So that's that's what it's about.
0: Yeah. So how we met and I, yeah, I was really excited for this episode because right off the bat, it's just such a God thing how we came together. And I don't know if I've heard all of the details on your end. Um, I know you told me a little bit about like who you got my number from and things of that nature, but just background on my end, we had been, Kevin and I, we had gotten engaged recently. And we had been back at our church that we had been attending in college. And we really wanted to get involved. And I had been praying and praying for a Bible study. But, you know, as you know, I'm a therapist. And there's just a lot of, I guess, caution I have to take when jumping into, like, groups and things of that nature. I really have to be cognizant of dual relationships. So because of that, I couldn't get involved with, you know, our life groups at at church at the time. And so I was really just sad, honestly. I was just praying, God, I have this, you know, desire to be closer to you. And I don't know where to go with this. Um, A lot of my friends that I went to college with had moved out of town or out of state, actually, and out of town. And yeah, I was just like really alone asking, you know, where where can I go to to get involved in something like this? And one day I was at work and you called and I didn't get to answer because I was at work. But you left a voicemail and just said who you were. And I had no idea how you got my number. So yeah, what, what was that like on yes. your end? I remember, well, so just to quickly kind of say a little
1: bit about what what I'm doing with yeah. FCA and leading up to sharing how we connected. Stepping into the role of director of women's ministry really caused me to be out of my comfort zone. And so as you were just saying, like calling strange people (laughs) that I don't know and being like, hi, I'm Anastasia Nelson. And, you know, I think I'd been on staff for maybe three years, two and a half to three years when I met you. So, I mean, I was becoming more comfortable in that, but still that's an area of my life that God has really grown me in. Um, But I remember calling, (laughs) thinking, she does not know who I am. Oh my goodness. But so it was so interesting because as you were just sharing a minute ago, I was thinking back the reason why I would have been at the Coppins house, but some of our mutual friends Jim and Kim Copham and we were there and anyways their son Kyle and I were talking and I want to say they were having some sort of a party for him Mm. a celebration maybe he had just come back to town something like that and just a bunch of people all his friends and so my husband and I were there and just had been invited and so we're just hanging out and kind of random I mean, really, yeah. like, I don't remember exactly, but maybe Pup told Kyle what I was doing, but he just like walked up to me and just said, hey, I have this friend from college. She's a good friend and you need to meet her. You guys would just really connect. And, and then he, so I was you know, like, yeah, yeah, you know, give me yeah. your number and this and that. And I want to say that he like texted your information to Pup, but I was so impressed that like, after we left, he remembered, mm. like, that he told me your yeah. you know, your name and gave me your contact info. And so, yeah, I was just like, okay, you know, I don't know who yeah. Savannah is <laughs> and, you know, why he's wanting to connect me. But God sure had a plan.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, I don't think I knew all those details. And just hearing that back, definitely. And when I say I was praying for, like, a Bible study or community, I was praying, like, fervently throughout months. But I had just prayed that you call me on a Monday and church. I had gone to church the day before, you know, on Sunday. And I was like, just praying all night, like, God, please just. So to to get that call the next morning, it was just it blew my mind. And then hearing you and like you said, kind of introducing yourself and what you did, you were I think, like, look. Well, I don't know that you were looking for coaches, but you know that was kind of the the population you worked with. And I remember at the time I was an athlete and I had dabbled in coaching a bit. I wasn't coaching at the time, and I was like, I am not a coach, but I'm a therapist, so that's yeah. kind of coaching. I was like, I coach the brain, but <laughs> I'm not like involved in a sport right now. Does that count? And so generously, you welcomed me to. I want to say it was the next night. You had like a Bible study, an open one going, which the funniest thing was like, it was a pretty, I don't know that it was a very large group, but I mean, it was consistent. People came and I showed up the next night. I remember telling my friends like, I'm going, I don't know who this lady is, but I'm just going to go. I got my Bible and I got in the car and I showed up and not one person came. Do you remember that? Yeah. No one came. So it was just me and you in the room. And I was just like, wow, I never felt like a moment ordained as that. It was just crazy. I remember, and I remember that vividly as well. And thinking
1: like, okay, Lord, this is kind (laughs) of weird. Like, I'm, you know. I wish more people had been there. And that's my, my initial thought was, I wish more people would have come, you know, then Savannah Mm -hmm. could have met other people. Yeah. But then I think as we started talking, I realized, okay, God, you, you did this on purpose. Yeah. And which, yeah, that was a really neat night to just, I was blown away. I think, yeah, you were (laughs) too, but it was, yeah, God definitely was at work.
0: Yeah. And I remember as we were talking, the texts were like coming in, at least four or five other women were supposed to be there. And because of the nature of them all being coaches, it was like practice ran late, someone had to wait with the kid, like there was just so many last minute cancellations that ended up just being you and Di. But yeah, I guess I'll save kind of how we continued to, um, you know, continued our relationship from there, because that is a lot related to what you do. And we'll talk about that. But for now, can you tell us a little bit about how you came to know Jesus? Yes. So I grew up in a Catholic home, you know, just
1: baptized in the Catholic Church, had my first Holy Communion, and my parents, regular attenders at church. And so I definitely, I think my memory growing up was always like that I believed in God. You know, we prayed before meals. I mean, we would, you know, go to church. So definitely believed in God, but didn't know anything about Jesus. Uh, what didn't understand anything about Jesus or didn't hear about the gospel message until I was in high school. Uh, my parents both got saved when I was 10. And so my dad tells me that when I was 10 and he shared with me his, you know, salvation experience that I wanted to accept Christ. I don't remember that, but, you know, so at age 14 at, at a Young Life camp, I heard the gospel and gave my life to Christ. But I really, you know, I think I, maybe I've shared this with you, but, you know, I tell people that I really didn't understand what it was like to truly follow Christ yeah. until I was, I think even out of high school, I'm mean, sorry, out of college yeah. and, you know, just learning how to grow in my relationship with God and uh, really be discipled. So I, I definitely, I know that I learned a lot. And as I look back, I see God's hand on my life. But that's, that's really how I came to know Christ.
0: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that journey post-college um, and just really getting to know him.
1: Yes. So, you know, I think one of the things is finding a mentor, you know, having somebody to speak into my life. And so after I graduated from college, I moved actually back home and was teaching at a private school and involved at, you know, local church. But then there was a gal who I had met through Young Life when I was in high school and she had a weekly Bible study in her home. Sally Post was her name. <laughs> but, you know, it started attending that. And really, I really grew a lot, I think, in my faith. And just my understanding of reading the Bible and, and not just me believing God, believing that Jesus died for my sins, but really developing a relationship and what that looked like and how to get into God's Word, how to pray, and then being in, you know, just... Christ like community with other believers. So I was growing in my
0: faith. Yeah. And how did that align with, as Christians, we know to expect trial throughout our life. We know it's not going to be easy. How did that timing of you growing in a relationship with Him in college align with personal things that were happening in your life? So I think a
1: huge thing for me, like when I was in college, I served a a Christian camp one summer as a lifeguard. And so like I had, you know, there's all these different things that God was really exposing me to, and he was pouring into my life, but I couldn't, I don't think I was making sense of it all, you know, at the time. And so as I look back, it was like God was depositing stuff into my life. So it's not that I didn't, have those kinds of experiences but just kind of didn't know what to do with all that information. So, as I as I was really starting to put all those things together in what God had been doing in my life and teaching me through teachers that I had at a Christian high school, friends in college that knew the Lord, uh, that had, you know, invested in me. I went to a Christian college, you know, just yeah. all these things but you know, as I was learning more about God, definitely started to just grow in my faith because I was really being discipled yeah. and reading the Bible and
0: really getting to know God in a personal way. And college is also where you met your husband, Pup, Pup Daddy. Tell us about that. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so um, it's really funny because I met him as Pup Okay. and we met on um, the first week that I started college in 1984. He was a transfer to S. Well, at the time it was SCC. Now it's called Vanguard University. But we met at a Bible study uh, that first week. And it's funny because my best friend played volleyball and he was a baseball player. And so all the athletes knew each other. Although I was an athlete in high school, I wasn't in college. And so but we basically just formed a friendship, uh, who was kind of like a big brother. Um, <laughs> and so we were friends for eight years wow. before we ended up dating. So, um, so we met at college and, um, when I graduated, moved home, as I said earlier, he played professional baseball. And so he was like, when I graduated, he was off playing baseball and, wow. and, I dated somebody all through college. Mm. He, he had a couple of different girlfriends, I think, in college. Yeah. And so it was never like, ooh, I'm interested in yeah. him or anything. But after I had moved home and taught for two years, I went back to get my credential. And at that time, he was just like, he had just graduated, but was still there kind of local. And we just met for lunch. And yeah, it was like, ooh. I kind of noticed him in a different way.
0: And so we started dating and got married a year and a half later. So you guys actually got to mentor, I guess, right? Would it be mentor, advise Kevin and I in the months leading up to our wedding? What was your guys' experience like preparing for marriage? So,
1: you know, something that that i still, even today, I'm just so grateful for is that we were friends before we started dating. And, um, if my husband listens to this, he's been like, you said that on this podcast, but, but it's the truth. So we, you know, started dating and I mean, not seriously dating, but you know, just started dating and we definitely liked each other. And so about a month and a half later, On my birthday, he broke up with me. (gasps) Yes. No. Wait, I think I do
0: remember this. (laughs) Oh,
1: um, pup. So anyways, but, you know, at the time, I just, I honestly thought, you know what? That's fine. You know, I mean, we've been friends. I
0: want to just remain friends and... Um, it's all good, you know. We've and, talked about Enneagrams on this. And for those who don't know, pup is a seven. So that <laughs> yes. that gives us some insight into yes. what he was doing there. Yes. <laughs> yes. So
1: I, you know, I just was like, okay. And so, I mean, long story short, he shortly after, I mean, I think like a month and a half, maybe not, maybe not even that long, but went by and he, you know, reached out and this was before cell phones, you oh, know, Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this was back in the in the early 90s. But he started, like, totally pursuing me, leaving me notes on my car, waiting outside my classroom, leaving me voicemails, <laughs> you know, on my answering machine Aww. and things. But it, so, yeah, he, he basically just said, I made a mistake, Aww, you know, and wow. I really want to date you. And so, yeah. But it was, for me, what was and is something that I really value is – you know, yes, I love him, and he's my my husband, my spouse, our my lover. You know, just all of those things. Yeah. But but he is my friend, and I'm really glad that we had that kind of a foundation going into marriage because 30 years and marriage uh, marriage is beautiful, but it's it's hard. Yes. And so I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more yeah. of that as we're talking. But but it's it's been good. But I it's not at all I don't think what I expected or thought of marriage being like prior to going getting married yeah
0: yeah well let's just jump in then tell us about the heart of marriage you have been married for a while so we have a lot of younger more recent I guess married women on here what help us out what can you tell us you know so something that
1: that really I didn't know or hadn't heard until even quite recently, like maybe the last, you know, seven years is that love is a choice. And so loving my spouse, or loving a spouse is a choice. And before we got married, you know, we had talked about like divorce is not an option to us, you know, all of that. But, but just knowing that, you know, you say all these vows at your wedding, but then when real life events and things happen and how to work through that, you know, I mean, a lot of really what we brought into our marriage is what we saw in our parents' marriages. Right. And that's, I think, really common. We, we bring that into, um, you know, things that we saw that were good and that were bad, <laughs> you know. And so we, yeah, I had to try to figure some of those things out. but. You know, my expectations of who I was going to marry and what married life would be like was very different than who I married. And it's not so much the person that I married, I don't think, as much as like what he was called to do. So, you know, Pup, when we started dating, was at kind of a crossroads in his life of, you know, he wanted to play professional baseball. He wanted to continue playing. And then uh, the other option was going into business, but he also had gotten involved in youth ministry and really felt a big tug on his heart with that. And so after praying, you know, the Lord really just guided and directed him into youth ministry, uh, which was great. But that's not something that I feel like I was prepared for in becoming his wife and then as much as I knew, okay, you know, we're going to get married and I'll be a youth pastor's wife. You know, that wasn't a problem, but I never, I didn't have anybody in my family that was involved in full-time ministry. I didn't know what that looked like. And so there was a big learning curve. So not only, you know, getting married, but then now I'm in the role of a youth pastor's wife and expectations that were put on me by, you know people in the church and just felt like I now lived in a fishbowl. So there were those kinds of things that I was learning as well as just
0: how to do married life and how to be a wife and how to love my husband. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot at once. I can remember some of our conversations and I think some of what, you know, you're pointing out is there's not always money in ministry and it can be really hard as Christians, we can understand that and have maybe a more clear idea of what that looks like. But when we live in the world and that's not the cultural norm to say no to going out with friends or, you know, go into this restaurant because God has a bigger plan for you and your family, that's really hard to, to stay obedient to. I remember you sharing some of those just differences and how financially and how you grow, grew up and then now being married. Tell us a little bit more about how you were able to stay obedient in that. So Pup says
1: to people today that I was raised with a platinum spoon <laughs> and then we got married and now I eat from a plastic sport. <laughs> oh so, but you know, it it ha- that has been one of one of the many ways that God has really refined me. He's still refining me. But you know, I I did grow up having everything provided and more, and and really appreciate you know appreciated how I was raised. Um, but at the same time, it it was a big learning curve, and going from having everything that I needed and then even a lot of really what I wanted uh, provided. It was realizing that that wasn't. How my life was going to be being married to a youth pastor, and so it was hard. I mean, it was really hard just in choices that I was making. I definitely, you know, I could probably talk on a whole other episode (laughs) about a lot of those things. But it it was it was difficult. But just having to learn to submit. I know that's you know not a popular word, but you know, just in a way where I was honoring my husband with what I spent money on and realizing that, you know, I was going to have to change my outlook on
0: on that. And even though it feels lonely amongst our peers, like there's scripture for that. That was really encouraging for you to kind of highlight for me. Part of the season you saw me through was wedding planning. And Kevin and I both come from different socioeconomic backgrounds and that was hard for me. What do we want to spend money on? What do we not? And I think something you really helped me hold is like, what piece it? there is a difference? God, you know, we, we want to be generous. We, we, you, I think something you told me was like, he does like and value beautiful things. And if my heart posture is to, you know, make a nice evening for my friends and family to come and enjoy and, you know, point to him and what marriage is and celebrate that that is okay. But also kind of fleshing out like, what is excess? And that was really helpful. I'm so glad that
1: that, <laughs> that that was something that really spoke to you. And yeah, for me, I think it was just, you know, it was learning how to live on a budget, yeah. learning how to look at what God, um, and again, I'm, I'm still learning and growing. I mean, I, I feel like I think I've used this analogy before with you but I feel like an onion and how when yeah. you peel off a layer, you know and and then you peel off another layer and so I just feel like the Lord continues to peel off those layers to get deeper and deeper, you know, to to where he is all that I need and where even though, you know, I like nice things and yeah. and and that's okay to like nice things, it's okay to want something that to drive a nice car. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. you know, but to know like, where is my heart at mm-hmm. in what I want? And if I'm honoring the Lord and, you know, and God knows our hearts, you know, I mean, I've been blown away by how God has provided, might be kind of jumping onto a little bit of a different subject. But with that, just, you know, God, I think that's what I've seen over the last 30 years is God's provision. And there were some very, very bleak years of, you know, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, hamburger helper, hot dogs, macaroni and cheese, you know, having three young children to where, you know, just like, God, I don't know how I'm going to provide for clothes for our kids or get diapers or whatever. You know, there were some really hard, hard days and I mean, months and years. Uh, But you know, God has, has just shown us his faithfulness. People coming alongside just, I mean, not even that we've gone and said, we need your help, but, yeah. you know, people just, yeah. God speaks to people. People would drop off a bag of groceries or, you know, give us money to go buy groceries or diapers or just how he provides. And so it's just, I've been blown away as I've looked back, you know, at the time when you're going through it it's so hard and you just feel like, I don't know how we're going to do this, you know, and, and even in those, some of those hard times, it can cause a lot of friction and stress in a marriage, Yeah, you know, because that's one of the, I think, biggest stressors in a marriage is finances. So yeah, it was, those were very trying times, but but God's been faithful. And so as I've seen his faithfulness just over the years that's something that I've really I think taken out of that season that you know and and we're in a different place now we're in in a place in our lives where we're now able to go and bless couples that are struggling financially yeah and and that's I love that yeah I mean my I just am like yes let's go help them <laughs> you know we've had people there for us when yeah. we really needed it and so yeah
0: mm. So that's part of what you do now, how, just one way, how you pour into the lives of young um, wives, young women. Tell us what that's been like. Yeah, so
1: with, you know, being a youth pastor's wife, I think it was at least 20 years uh, that Pep was in youth ministry, and then he left youth ministry to come on staff with FCA. But when he was a youth pastor, he also was coaching, so he was a baseball coach, and and so both for me, those roles of youth pastor's wife and coach's wife were very, very similar, and as much as I wanted to support my husband and what he was doing and felt called to do, I mean, I definitely supported him, but there were things that were hard. In that role or in those roles, Mm -hmm. just for coaching specifically, you know, going to a game and sitting in the stands and hearing people say really, really ugly things about my husband was not enjoyable. Um, So those two roles, if you will, that I that I was in, really gave me a heart for what I'm doing now, and and so it was God. Speaking to me through a a coach and spouse marriage retreat that we were at about doing what I do now. And that's mentoring um, coaches, wives and and female coaches. And so just wanting to be able to impact them and help them in ways that I really desired somebody to come alongside
0: and mentor me in those roles. Yeah. And before we go there. Because that's all really exciting. But I feel like for the listeners, it can seem obvious like, oh, duh, like her husband's going to do this and then she's going to do this and be with the wives like that would be a natural thing to step into. But it wasn't for you. It was way out of your comfort zone and back to the language of the fishbowl that you said that stood out to me because I know that you really struggled with anxiety before then. So can you talk to us a little bit about that journey and how God really had to heal you in some of those places and and prepare you to even be able to take on that role for the coaches' wives? Yes. So,
1: Well, one thing to just, I think, start talking about with the anxiety, I don't think I really ever had dealt with anxiety growing up, not that I'm aware of. Yet I know that there are things that I'm learning actually right now Mm -hmm. about like my past where there had been some trauma. So I'm sure that there's been underlying anxiety, but I never really experienced a full panic attack or anxiety attack until my kids were younger. And I think something kind of traumatic had happened and triggered that. And then I started dealing, you know, kind of regularly with anxiety. My mom passed away when I was 36 from cancer. And during that time, then we had just moved to Clovis. So during that time, I really went through a dark season of anxiety and depression, you know, got some counseling and some help and um, even was on some medication for, you know, several years just to help me with that. But all of, you know, during all of those years, was you know when I was in youth ministry and or my husband was in youth ministry and so just serving alongside him so that was really that was challenging with the I think the pressure of kind of image and performance Mm. and I think some of that stemmed from our earlier experiences Mm. with pup and youth ministry There were a few churches where he was at for, you know, short periods of time, like a year and a half or whatever, but where there was just some unhealthy things happening within the church. And so definitely experienced some disillusionment with not God, but church the you know, and not so much. The bigger church, but yeah, but like the church where we were attending and serving at. So, yes, that that whole fishbowl aspect and that anxiety of you know, oh, you know, I have to be doing this or I have to be at that or I need to look like this or my kids need to perform in such a way. And I think some of too is like when I realize what my personality bent is on top of or coupled with anxiety. (laughs) It's like a bad combination, (laughs) you know? So I'm like, I'm a one on the Enneagram, a one wing nine, but I, you know, I definitely... I still say wing two, but... Okay. (laughs) Both, but could we'll say both. (laughs) So, you know, but... So it's like I want to do things with excellence, but I think... To, then it can kind of the unhealthy part can become more like trying to be yeah. a performer. Yeah. I mean, to keep it all together. It's all consuming. Yes. And so the anxiety with that just, you know, was really hard because I felt like I just, you know, I wanted to avoid yeah those kinds of situations.
0: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how you clung to scripture then, because when I was thinking about it before you came on, just... Realizing kind of the time frame in which you were, ex- were experiencing that now, I mean it's amazing. I work in a college and I get to see college students and their experiences with mental health and getting help, and um, you know there's so much less of a stigma than there was. But that felt very lonely, x amount of years ago. How how did you navigate that? So
1: you know definitely God's word and prayer. And, you know, I think just even before I came on, you know, the show, just things that you had written out, you know, and shared with me of things that we might be talking about just, you know, caused me to really, I think, you know, reflect on that, that scripture and prayer were huge and, and fellow believers, my, my friends in Christ. And I think one of the things that I really, as I look back and I realize even though I didn't necessarily always feel God's presence or experience it where I could say, Oh, I tangibly can feel God with me. There are times I just was like, God, I don't know where you are. I don't, I don't feel you, but I, but I know that's all I have to hold on to. Yeah. Is, is your word and just crying out to God and then friends that, love Jesus that I knew were lifting me up in prayer and just helping me, encouraging me, you know? And so that's, that was huge. And that's something that I really saw uh, God do, you know, even, and and I think that's, what's really cool. It's like, maybe I envision sometimes feeling God's presence when he's present through Mm -hmm. other people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like he, he's, there he shows up but it maybe
0: isn't how I'm expecting him to yeah I know the armor of God is Mm -hmm. very important to you and something you like to pray over yourself and with anxiety so much of that being a mental battle I remember like us kind of sitting there and like imagining an actual helmet over your head and it's the helmet of truth it's the helmet of salvation. helmet of yeah. salvation. Yeah. So the, okay.
1: There, you know, there are so many scriptures that my mom used to share with me. And even, you know, she, because she battled cancer for four and a half years, and her faith was so strong. And I think that's also something that I've really held on to is what I saw in her and all that she poured into me. And, and so specific scriptures that, you know, just praying certain scriptures, holding on to certain scriptures, you know, really going to those verses over and over again, because they really carried me through. And so definitely the armor of God, knowing that, you know, that our struggle, as it says in Ephesians, is not against flesh and blood. It is against spiritual forces of evil. Um, And so, and that, And I've learned a lot more about the armor of God probably even since I (laughs) had shared things with you. But just, you know, how how God has given us that in order to be able to stand firm on on his truth. And so, yeah, but just the, you know, the belt of truth. Belt of truth, okay. You know, that we buckle around our waist. And that's what, you know, when you think about our core, that's where you know, we have to have a strong core in order to do everything else, like just thinking of as an athlete or whatever. But so the belt of truth, God's truth, it's not just my truth or your truth. It is God's truth. I buckle that around my waist. That's what has to strengthen my core. And then the breastplate of righteousness, which, you know, when you think about like a gladiator or whatever, yeah. you know, in their armor, <laughs> mm-hmm. but how that's fastened to the belt. And, and so that breastplate of righteousness, it's not my righteousness, it's Christ's righteousness. Mm-hmm. And then the shoes of peace, the sandals, and what I've, you know, learned is that the soldiers back in those days when the scriptures were written, you know, they had spikes, even though it was kind of more like a sandal type shoe, but they had spikes on the bottom and that was to wow. grip, yeah. to really be able to stand firm when they were in the battle. Yeah, And so, and so I, it is interesting because it says, you know, the, that the shoes of peace, but as we're, as we stand upon God's word, like with those spikes, Mm -hmm. if you will, you know, it's kind of what that referenced, but, um, but we have such peace because
0: we're, we're standing firm. Uh, We're not slipping. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so good. I, I love that. And you know I'm obsessed with James. That's my yes. that's my favorite. And you know, just yes. a few lines after um, my life verse is is talking about just that, not mm-hmm. getting tossed, mm-hmm. you know, in the wind and and mm-hmm. standing on that piece. And I just I'm such a um, imagery person. So yes. anything that I feel like I can close my eyes and see, I really resonate with. So I love everything you just said. Thank you for that picture yeah. for for all of us. Yeah. So then you go into motherhood and anxiety tell us a little bit about that early years of motherhood
1: yes so we, i had a miscarriage very like very early on my first pregnancy and and you know it's interesting cuz at the time my the doctor just said oh you know kind of i in a sense kind of blew it off like you know oh it just probably you know it just this or that happened, and kind of said some medical terms. So it was like, I didn't really even know how to process that. And I think in that time, I didn't hear people talk about miscarriages. So I didn't really know how to process that. And so I honestly, like, I didn't feel sad. Like, I just didn't have emotions about it at the time because I didn't know how to deal with it. And so, but the more that I've learned about it, you know, I do often think about that that I, you know, had had a miscarriage, and it was probably in the seventh, you know, seventh week. But the thing about all of that, why I bring that up, is because my, so my firstborn child, Zachariah, you know, that had I not had that miscarriage, he wouldn't have been born, because of when I had the miscarriage, yeah, and when right. I got pregnant with him. And so as I look back on that, I'm just, Anyways, very blessed to have Zach, but so had him at age 28. And then Samuel, our second born was um, born 17 months later. So two two boys, (laughs) all boy, very active, (laughs) close together. And then Ruthie was born two years later. So Zach was, was three and a half when Ruthie was born. And so as amazing as it, you know, was having these three little kids, it was, it was a lot. And, but, you know, we chose for me to stay home so that I could raise them. And that was partly, you know, I think not to jump back on the other subject, but partly a cause of why we struggled financially as much as we did because I know I chose to stay home. But anyways, you know, the raising three kids with pup gone a lot, I mean, he was definitely present. It's not like I was a single parent, but he, he had a very full schedule. And I think as a youth pastor, you know, you're, it's kind of 24 right. seven, you know? And yeah. so, and then when he was coaching, you know, there's times where I would take the kids, you know, to go see him or whatever, but I just, that became too hard. So again, like with the anxiety, I feel like I just functioned better at home mm. and where I knew that.
0: It was predictable. It, thank yeah. you. Yes.
1: I wasn't gonna have to deal with the unknown. And so just, you know, I think that there were definitely times where yeah, I didn't know how I was gonna how I was gonna cope. Yeah. But you know, finding finding other women in church who had younger kids that I could try to do, you know, life with Yeah. And get kids together. I could have a friend, you know, for me that was really that was
0: huge. Yeah. And now you get to create part of that for young moms. I know they're not all moms necessarily, but yeah, your your ministry now, the heart of it is mentoring, coming alongside young wives who have sometimes eventually turned into moms and getting to have a place to foster those relationships with other women, like-minded women. That wasn't easy, though. Like I said, saying yes, it wasn't the obvious thing to do just because, you know, you were coming alongside Pup doing it. How did you move past that doubt of, Lord, am I qualified? Do you really want me doing this? What was that like? I know that I had mentors, you know, in my life. But as,
1: as I had prayed for many years for a, some sort of a mentor, as far as being a coach's wife, you know, that that always, I guess, was in my heart. So with regards to mentoring and wanting somebody to mentor me, I just want to transition into what the Lord spoke to me when he called me into FCA in the role that I'm in now. Um, Pup and I were at a coach and spouse marriage retreat and we were sitting with group of coaches and spouses and just talking and and this was now way past the days of me being a coach's wife but when we were sitting chatting with all of them and just some of what the women were saying it triggered that thought of, you know, Lord, it would be so great if you had a mentor for these women. Like I've prayed that, you know, many years for myself. Now I'm not in that role anymore, but these women could really benefit from that. And I, not audibly, but it was almost like yeah. audibly, I heard God say, and I've prepared you to be the, the one to mentor these women. Wow. I was like, wait, i am having this quiet conversation with God in the middle of this other conversation Mm -hmm. that we were all a part of. But I just was like, Lord, that's not what I prayed. (laughs) I didn't want to be the mentor. I wanted to be mentored. And then again, I just heard him say, I have prepared you. Everything, I mean, it's like he just started telling me this, like everything that you've been through as a coach's wife, as a youth pastor's wife, All of those experiences as a wife, as a mom, struggles that you've had, I'm going to use that to now use you to speak into the lives of other women. And like, I kind of sat there dumbfounded, like, really? You know, <laughs> like it. but as I looked back, I think at the time, Pup and I had been married for like 22 years or 23 years, and our kids were older, and I just was in such a different season and different yeah. place in my life. But yeah, so that's really what happened and to just kind of tell you the the next part of that yeah. story I was really excited like mm. okay you know here I am teaching but I'd really love to join my husband in ministry and what he's a part of with FCA yeah and um and do this so kind of shared the news with him like this is what <laughs> the lord had put on my heart he was like no you don't, I'm not going to hire you. You need to keep teaching. And so, you know, and again, it's one of those stories that we like to share because it's totally God's timing and the way that he used that to, to just, to bring all of it about. But it took a year and a half of me praying and just seeking the Lord. God, is this really what you are calling me to do? Because I felt so strongly, this is what I heard you say. But my husband needs to hear it. Like he doesn't, he doesn't see, you know, I mean, he's all for me doing that, but he wants me to continue teaching and I can't do both, you know? And so as I prayed and waited, it was a year and a half and the Lord spoke to pup. I mean, it was, I shouldn't say probably out of the blue, but you know, just one morning pup came and said, Hey, God just spoke to me and we're going to start transitioning you out of teaching and you're going to, come on staff with the
0: FCA. I've really come in my own journey to appreciate waiting seasons I, in our fertility journey, just in the, my experience. I know we'll, we'll get more to you know the ministry and the mentoring, but when we met, it was the pandemic. So it was ironic, like, God, I'm, I'm ready to jump all in. Let me serve. Let me be a part of all these groups. And it was like, oh, the world got shut down. Actually, you can't do any of that. So I feel like I am familiar with waiting seasons and yeah, I I just think there is so much magic that happens there. Well, not magic. I shouldn't say that, (laughs) but there's so much God that happens there in those seasons. I just heard Christine Kane say, you know, waiting is also doing something, waiting for your yes and how important that is. Tell us a little bit about what your waiting season was like in that year and a half until you got the yes from PUP as well. So,
1: you know, as I look back,
0: like in my journal, because there were days where like
1: I would write, okay, God, I know you (laughs) told me this. I know it's from you. And so please, you know, show pup, like, this is what you want me to do. Yeah. But then there were times where it was like, Lord, I don't know. Maybe I just thought that and maybe that really wasn't you. I don't, you know, so I, as I look back, I just, I think there were moments you know, in that waiting season where I really just kind of wasn't sure, did I really hear from you, God? But, but I would have to say that, you know, as I had those moments, I think it was more moments of God really affirming and confirming to me, this is what I want you to do. Yeah, And just continue to pray and wait and trust me. Speaking of that, trusting him, I mean, that's one of my favorite verses in scripture. It's really my life verse. And what I love about it, what I love about God's word is how it is alive. And even though it spoke to me, you know, back in college, it still speaks to me today. Yeah. And just as powerfully, if not more powerfully, like God continues to just make himself known through his word but it's proverbs 3 5 and 6 trust in the lord with all your heart and don't rely on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him or know him and he'll make your path straight and so during that season of waiting it really was trusting the lord for his timing for how he was going to do it something i'm also currently learning a lot about myself is i like to be in control and i don't I never saw myself as being controlling, Yeah. but I think it's more like because I feel safer if I know right what to expect. Yeah, that kind of a control. Mm-hmm. It's it feels better, comfortable. Yeah, uh, yeah, comfortable. And so as I look back in seasons of my life, and like what I was just talking about, you know, the Lord I think allows us to go through things to refine us and to teach us and how to trust him. If I'm not in a season of waiting, that I'm not going to need to wait upon him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if you didn't live that out, that wouldn't have been a part of your testimony to share with the other wives that would have made you less relatable almost to not that God wouldn't be able to use that, but just that connection piece that you have now with the wives is so special because you went through that. So, you start, it took about a year and a half. And what did that look like when you first got started? Well, so it actually took a year and a half of us praying okay. and then pu- saying,
1: okay, we're going to transition uh-huh. you. So then it was actually another year wow. before I started. okay, Because that then going into that next school year, because I was a kindergarten teacher, right. so that when I started the year, I, I knew, okay, this right. is my last year teaching. So I... I stopped teaching in uh,
0: 2017. Okay.
1: So to repeat your question, of, <laughs> before I just kind of I wanted to clarify. Oh yeah, that. no,
0: just was wondering what that looked like once you actually got to start. What what was happening?
1: So it was a huge learning curve. My first year was definitely, I think, the hardest because there it was just so different from what I had known in teaching and my, again, this is what I'm continuing to learn. <laughs> you know, I have my own thought of what it's going to look like. Right. And then God's like, um, no, it's mm-hmm. going to be this. <laughs> yeah. So when, when I started, I really thought I was just going to be working with coaches wives. And, and so the fun thing is that like before I would even really officially started, I had been at a party like a juice plus party or something, mm-hmm. but met a couple of gals who were female coaches, but, and I didn't know anybody else at the party. The gal who had invited me hadn't even shown up yet. And so I'm there just kind of, again, super out of my comfort zone. And and I just heard the Lord say to me, go introduce yourself to this gal. So I went up and introduced myself, Chantal White. And at the time Mm, she was the volleyball coach at Buchanan. And so just, you know, I walked up and like, you know, I just like said, (laughs) hi, I'm Anastasia Nelson. And I just feel like the Lord wanted me to come and introduce myself to you, you know, and hi. And so, and we got to talking. And so she was telling me that she was a coach and just felt like the Lord was kind of doing that little light bulb, like, see? Yeah. I, this is who I want. I'm wanting you to connect with her. And then there was another gal, actually, I think she was hosting the party, Erin um, Hopper. And so she also coached volleyball uh, with Chantel at that time. And so before i had even started mentoring or connecting with coaches' wives, God was connecting me to female coaches. Mm. And so I yeah so just that first year there was a lot to learn definitely just fundraising support raising is a huge part of what i do because we're self-funded so that you know that was also very much pushing me out of my comfort zone in order for me to do what i felt the the lord was calling me to do i had to raise support financially so just it was it was great and exciting but super scary And again, you know, just that trusting in the Lord, I was, every day was, was something different. Like with teaching, it was very predictable. And, you know, I, I think I've often shared as I, as I tell other women this story, I could go into teach and I know I needed God's help, but I could just do it all by myself because I, I knew what I was doing and I felt very confident as a teacher and, um, but what, what I have learned and I'm, I still every day, it's like, God, this is so much bigger than you. Yeah. I cannot do this without you. Yeah. Like I, I need you to lead and guide me because every day is different. You know, I meet, I have different meetings on different days. The only thing that would be, I would say predictable is I have a weekly coaches Bible study. I have a weekly coaches wives mm-hmm. Bible study and then like specific events that we have. But other than that,
0: nothing is predictable in
1: what I'm doing because it all I'm
0: laughing so hard because I'm thinking that's life with a toddler yeah and I had this conversation with friends because I love my job and I see so vividly how I can be the hands and feet of Jesus on that campus you know providing mental health support for for students and athletes specifically but at home with a toddler I was talking to my friends and you are asking for God's guidance in every single I'm like I don't know is he gonna throw a fit because I'm changing his diaper right now is he gonna run away from me like I feel so close to him when I'm at home in a different way And for a number of reasons, right? You know, we've had conversations about me feeling very called to mother him at home. But that predictability and same with control, like I really have to lean on God every second, if not minute when when you're home with your kids. Yes. Yes. Oh oh man. That's, (laughs) yeah, he's, it's, it's great. It's great. He's funny. Um, but as you were talking about that, something I want to ask about is stamina in ministry, because when you met me, you were three years in, pronounced even three years since then, but you didn't just come and invite me to like a Bible study. And that was it. We were meeting, I don't know if you remember this. And and part of me, I'm like, how did she do this three times a week? So I convinced you to, I was in your coach's wives Bible study. And then I convinced you to lead a private Bible study for me and my friends over Zoom once a week. And then we met individually once a week. So that was, well, that's three separate meetings. That was over three hours just with me weekly, plus a whole other handful of people. How did you keep up with that?
1: So... You know, it's interesting because as I talk to pup about this a lot because he's been with FCA. I don't even think I told you how he got into FCA, but he's he's been doing FCA for I think it's 12 years now, okay. maybe 13. But, you know, I mean, I talked to him a lot about, you know, his journey in FCA because he's been doing it so much longer. But there's seasons, you know, mm. there are seasons. Are, we have seasons of ministry that are really, really busy. And it's just like, go, go, go. And then there's seasons where it's much kind of slower. And and so I think that's one of the things that, you know, we, we might have like three or four months where there's a lot happening. Yeah. And, you know, I have to be very intentional yeah. to take time to rest and yeah. pause you know and pup is really well he's big on don't get burnt out you yeah. know make sure to take take time to rest take care of yourself but also i've been learning a lot about that recently and uh, so this past year uh, i was able to take a month long sabbatical yeah that's and so nice. that's something that fca which i'm so thankful that they do but they have recognized that the importance of that yeah. so once you've been on staff for five years, you are given a one month sabbatical. And then every three years after that, you can have a one month paid sabbatical. amazing. And so during my sabbatical this year, I was able to, you know, get away. And, and I know I've shared quite a bit with you. I'm excited. We'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) just to say like, it is, you know, there are times where there's, There's a lot on my plate and juggling a lot and tired. And so how I do it, one of the things is I have to be in God's word every morning, spending time with him, because if not, then I feel like I'm really drained and I don't have my sense of why I'm doing this. It's Mm. for the Lord. I don't want to just go through the motions of doing what I'm doing because it's what, you know, because God's called me to do this, I have to rely on him to fill me up in all order yeah. to do what he's called me to do yeah so that's been a huge thing and then just t- finding times throughout my day or my week where I can just rest and yeah just be yeah
0: yeah and to that, for the first year our one-on-ones were not like not that there's anything bad with um like textbook or guided bible studies. I love those, but that's not what this looked like. This was you getting up and in, you know, that quiet time, praying, writing in your journal and then bringing that to me and saying, "This is what I asked God, what he had for me to tell you today. This is what we came up with. Like does this mean anything to you?" Or because part of that we were still getting to know each other. So like he led me to this. Does, does does that resonate at all? And that is very intentional. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up Savannah, because, you know, for the first, I think like four or five years of doing the coaching and coaches wives ministry, I did primarily rely upon other people's Bible studies like Christine Kane or Beth Moore or somebody else. But through Charlotte Gamble, who has become a mentor to me um, in her ministry with the collective, I've really been, I know it was the Lord. It's not that she told me to do this, but just through what I'm learning in that mentorship, God really impressed upon my heart to not rely upon other people's teaching and Bible study, but to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide and direct me. And, and that has been so scary <laughs> because it's like, I, I don't consider myself like teacher in that respect. I mean, I taught kindergarten, but, yeah, but
0: as I, far as your spiritual gifting, right, my
1: exactly. I, but I, but I believe that it's more of like what you were just saying, what I did with you is what the Lord has directed me to do, but with many women yeah and not just one-on-one yeah and that was scary for me because i felt like wow you know it was a little more comfortable one-on-one i still felt like the lord was asking me to do something i was not familiar with yeah but but now at a whole different level but what i love and what i what i'm seeing is that it isn't me it is the lord and that's how it should be it's The Holy Spirit that's speaking to each woman and it's God's word speaking to each woman. It's not me. It's not what I have to say. It's not my opinion. This is God's word. This is what he has spoken to me. How is God speaking to
0: you through his word? Yeah. And you're right. For those who want to become mentors or are excited about this work, um, it's not all of the fun and encouraging conversations. Part of it is that, but it's it's hard conversations. And I really had something in the back of my mind I wanted to talk to you about. And I want to really set the ground with care and just It's so tender because at the time when you were talking to me about these things, I had invited you into my life as a place to say I need accountability. I, you know, I asked for you to speak into my life and I invited that. But, you know, that's not what our podcast listeners are. Not everyone is asking and inviting us into the hard spots in their life. So please, I don't want them to hear this from any form of judgment but something you pointed out to me I remember we um I needed a pastoral reference for something and I had called and and asked you you know hey you are a pastor Mm -hmm. and a youth pastor and can you write this for me and I think you called me back a few days later maybe I don't think we had this whole conversation all at once but you essentially called me back and you had said Kevin and I were engaged and living together at that point and you just had said okay you know we, we can talk about writing this but I do want to ask you like what are your thoughts on living with uh, well yeah I think it was living with your partner before marriage and sex before marriage and I really had to go through that with you talk to me about not why you felt you could ask me that but I guess that would be a way to say it how, how you go about those conversations and yeah wh- why you feel invited into those places to have those hard conversations well I'm glad
1: that you brought that up and it is, you know, it is interesting, like for me being like, I'm a people pleaser and, and definitely can fear what other people think of me and things like that. But as the Lord had, had been, and obviously still is, but as he had been really growing me and calling me to, to do certain things in the role of you know speaking into the lives of women coaches and coaches wives that I not just give my opinion but I I really lead and guide those women to God's truth and so like also having to be true to like the vision and mission of FCA which it's not just oh this is FCA it's like this is to honor God. This is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through that influence of coaches and athletes and really wanting to lead women into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that means I really want to point them to Jesus. I want to point them to God's word, but not everything in God's word is what we want, or not everything in God's word is easy. Is Easy to follow, and so with that being said, you know God has shown me as as a mentor, and I well, I just want to pause right there and say there are lots of different kinds of mentors. Yeah. So I I don't want to just you know kind of pigeonhole right. that or just say if you mentor then you have to do yeah. this. This yeah, and this, yeah, That's not what I'm saying what God has called me to in the role that I am in as a mentor. I believe that, that what God is calling me to do is to have hard conversations if somebody has invited me into their life. And like, I, you know, I definitely go to the Lord and that's, I'm sure kind of why I didn't maybe respond right away when initially in that, when you'd asked me to do that because I wanted to pray about it and say, God, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Because, yeah, it's just knowing that God will, God will and he has given me the courage and the boldness to talk about things that might be uncomfortable for me and the person I'm talking to. But when it is a thing of obedience Obedience to God and what He's asking of me, then I don't have to be afraid of what I might say to offend somebody or yeah. what uh, what the outcome might be because that's between God and that person. So I'm I'm learning that. Um, not to say I don't struggle because <laughs> it's hard, and I, I remember this might have been a way longer response than you were thinking, Savannah. But, no, it's like, okay. But to
0: me, it was, a, like, it was a big time. But
1: it was, and for me, it was probably one of the first times, and even since, and I've had a lot of conversations. Mm. So, but you were probably the first person where I really, you know, I think that word courageous or boldness that god gave me like it wasn't of my own yeah like but i needed him if that's what he was calling me to to just talk to you about i mean i knew it was more of because i i love you as a person so i knew that how i would communicate and talk to you about it would be totally in love Yeah. but i knew that it was just gonna be like okay lord i don't know how this conversation will go Yeah. you know it could be great or it could not be great but I, I can't worry about the outcome. I need to trust the Lord and what he was leading me to say to you in that moment.
0: Yeah, and it is, I, I won't go too much into it. Um, But I mean, it was definitely a, a defining moment, I think, in, in our lives to set some framework for our marriage. And, you know, for those listening, we did end up moving out for, I don't know, I think it was like two weeks and then we got married. And yeah, it, I think it was... I went to Kevin and I both had passed before we met each other passed together we went to both the same private Christian college and I don't know if if we ever didn't feel convicted in that way obviously and I think in that moment I was seeking him in a way I hadn't before and it wasn't oh, I'm going to take Anastasia's advice and and do this because, you know, she or my recommendation, um, you know, relies on this. But it was actually like, wow, I have a new relationship with God now. And I really I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Like I this has been pointed out to me. I've asked for I've prayed for him to to do this through someone else. And it felt really good. And that was really hard to communicate people because in that, right, you get afraid of offending somebody else or these people aren't doing it this way or these people are doing it that way. And yeah, again, that could just feel very isolating. So it is something that I don't think I'll ever forget. And I ended up being very grateful for, but I don't think it was easy on my or your end. And, you know, just to just to kind of, you know, I don't want to go off on a tangent or anything, okay. but I
1: do just want to say, you know, that cuz just as you were sharing, it just made me realize or kind of think about how, you know, there's so much that culturally that's going on in our world and that can can be uh, I'm trying to just I think be careful in how I'm saying this, but you know, there are there are things that people, even Christians, might look at and say, well, that's cultural. That's a cultural thing. And, and people are just doing that, you know, today. This is how it is today. That was back then. And I I think that as Christians or, you know, followers of Christ, it can be almost scary to just speak the truth because we don't want to be misunderstood, you know, like or for fear of, you know, saying, Oh, well you're being judgmental or whatever. So I that's what that's what I think for myself yeah. what I was fearing was like yeah. that I might be that I might come across as somebody
0: that was righteous, just, yes, holier and, than thou. Right. And I think the difference is, well, we both came from a you know Catholic background. I think the difference is when you hear a set of rules, you're supposed to do something one way and there's no explanation or support or resources to do things that way. That That isn't helpful. But it was, the approach was, this is what God has shown me. You've invited me and, and let me help you see what I have found this is how you should pray to him and, and ask what he might tell you about this and the support followed up with like you offered one of us to move into your own yeah. home so it yeah. wasn't like you need to get right and go do this and change your life and and do that it was like I love you I care for you this is what God's revealed to me this is where I'm seeing that this is how I want to help you grow in relationship with him and here's the support to do so because I think even like I go back and forth with like um it can almost be like resentment that I didn't grow up in the church so why did I have to make so many mistakes until I figured out how to live life quote unquote the right way right and I think a lot of that can come too from like growing up in a small town a lot of people will tell you this is how you should do something or this is how you should live but then we all see you know my parents turned out fine and they did things this way or this person's still successful and they did things that way and then we all just repeat it (laughs) generation after generation after generation and it doesn't change so yeah I, I think the approach was it had generational it had the ability to make generational change which is something that you know I've been very passionate about and now getting to have my own children but I think it was something I'd never seen before. Like yeah. not this is just a rule or you should do this or this is where it says this in the Bible, but the holistic approach. And it wasn't also an ultimatum. It was like, and if you don't, I'm going to love you and I'm going to mentor you anyway. And right. and I think that meant a lot too. Yeah. No, I, that was a very defining moment in my life in in the role that I'm in as a mentor yeah and so thank you yeah (laughs) um yeah and then we eventually like I said got to get married and then pup ended up marrying us and and that was just the sweetest thing so I think I say all that to say like just a testimony to what you guys do and we have gotten to go to your guys's um couples retreat and have been very blessed by it but I want to kind of turn the tables yes. now to how you have recently gotten to be poured into by someone else's ministry and not your own. So can you yes. share a little bit with us about what you're involved in?
1: Yes. So, you know, just in what I'm doing, I, I think I had kind of come to a place where I felt like, well... If I can compare, you know, when I was a teacher, it's like you get, you know, you go to professional development, you know, meetings and days and, and you continue your learning, so to speak. But with what I'm doing in mentoring women with FCA, I just, I mean, I, you know, I've, I follow different podcasts or different female speakers and things. So I, you know, I get poured into in that regard, but I just felt like, okay, I really want to be more intentional and purposeful in having somebody pour into me and kind of in in a way more different than just a spiritual mentor that I can go to and talk to about my individual struggles or needs or things like that. So during COVID, I learned of Charlotte Gamble and just started to listen to some of the things that she would share and because of COVID she started doing Today I Choose and I think at that time everything that I was learning from her I was sharing with all the coaches or the coaches wives because it was like man this is great stuff you know and I'm being so encouraged and so that's I just wanted to kind of share that's how I had Heard about charlotte gamble was through instagram <laughs> and so um god can use it yes for sure so you know gosh i mean covid went for so long she ended up writing a book today i choose based off of all of those you know um episodes that she shared over instagram so i you know bought that book and like a devotional and it's yeah. great by the way <laughs> but uh then you know just seeing how just following her on Instagram and seeing some changes that the Lord took her through with ministry, she started doing, it's called the collective. And and it's a mentoring, you know, kind of a, it's not so much discipleship, but more of a mentorship for leaders and, and for women. And so I had heard her share about that on Instagram and, just it really kind of resonated with me. And I thought, man, I would love to do that. But I didn't sign up and, you know, just kind of prayed through that. And then another session, you know, she had shared again, okay, we're going to start up a new a new group of the collective. And if you're interested, you know, click on this link. And so as I just, you know, I, I guess I kept kind of struggling with the fact of, of doing that because it was going to cost money. And I just kept thinking, okay, I don't know if that if I should do that. That's kind of a lot of money. And then again, I just felt like the Lord say, you know, if you were teaching, you would be doing things like professional development, yeah. and you know, like just you need to do this. So I I jumped on it, and pup was all you know, supportive of me doing it. And so with that, it was two different seasons of this mentoring with 20 other women from around the world. And we would have a Zoom call once a month for two hours. And, you know, uh, Charlotte would do the teaching. And then there were times at the end for about 30 minutes where we could, you know, have just question time. And so what I love about what I learned from all of of the the sessions, you know, it was just such great teaching, but I also formed friendships with other women around the world who are in positions of leadership, who, you know, have the same kinds of questions and struggles that I do as a mentor. And, And I also just really see how, I mean, in a lot of ways, what Charlotte did stepping out from her role as serving as a as a pastor with her husband she left that to really start this ministry the collective and that's what the lord led her to do and in a lot of ways i see just the similarity in my life how the lord called me to leave teaching and come on staff with fca and do something totally different and so um just watch i think for me it's like been watching her you know to see a woman who is been obedient or is obedient to what God's calling her to do and to see how like how he's using her. And I know that I remember sharing with you like when I, well, I'm jumping ahead. So I, I got to go to this retreat and I remember sharing with you that when that opportunity came up it was a retreat where women who had gone through these two seasons of this mentoring with Charlotte could come together meet in person and it would be you know we would definitely be poured into but it would be a time of really having a retreat and a reset and I had never done anything like that before and when I saw how much it was going to cost I just was like, okay, oh, that's not going to happen. Right. You know, it's yeah. way, way too expensive. And so I just said, okay, Lord, I'm not going to be able to do that. And and so when my husband got home this one day, because I'd been talking to him about it and yeah. was kind of excited. And, and he's like, well, you know, did you hear anything else about that? And I was like, yeah, this is how much it's going to cost. And so I, I can't do it. And like, he didn't miss a beat. And he just said, put in a deposit and trust God. He is going to provide the rest for you to go. And, um, I mean, I just, I, I just wept because of just God's goodness. And, So I I got to go to this retreat was in South Carolina and got to meet face to face with women that I'd seen on the screen for two years and, and then got to meet Charlotte Gamble in person. And, um, while I was at the retreat, it was like three or four days, but you know, each woman that was there had 30 minute session with Charlotte just to talk to her, just what, about whatever they wanted to talk about. And then, you know, we, and there was a, a, bunch of other things that we got to experience but I also got to meet one of Charlotte's best friends Ariana Walker and she is the CEO of Mercy UK and and so she was there and and both Ariana and Charlotte did some of our teaching sessions and I also got a 30-minute session with her and she is a, a counselor a licensed counselor and so I'm actually currently meeting with her one-on-one now wow. over Zoom because she lives in the UK. But I'm going through this workbook that I got at that retreat called Keys to Freedom. And so, you know, I think I alluded to earlier just this season in my life, really learning a lot about myself and, you know, some things in my past that that I really hadn't dealt with fully. <laughs> you know, um, it's not things that I just chose not to think about but it's things i thought i'd really dealt with that i hadn't and even just that the lord is bringing to light things that he wants me to you know to really give over to him um, so that i can experience more freedom in christ so that that retreat was really just an incredible experience that wasn't just an incredible experience for those four days but it was like God used that in a big way to even continue doing things in my life since that retreat. That's amazing.
0: I'm I'm so happy for you and I love to hear that and you know we talk about God filling your cup and being the one to sustain you and, and all of the work but it's it's been an overflow and it, it's an abundance and not, you know, we know he brings dead to life right. but also revealing parts of us that were dead that we didn't even know and getting to restore that. So I'm so happy for you. Um, Selfishly, I think it's so cool that I get to be secondhand discipled by (laughs) Charlotte Campbell. But yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, just can't say how happy I am for you enough. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think that just
1: you know, I initially I was probably like a little star struck, like, oh my gosh, I'm in the same room as Charlotte Gamble, you know, but as just as we were all there and just seeing how she's just very, very real and caring and like everybody in the room, she just cares about, you know, it's just, she makes each person feel important and valued and seen. And, and so just, I think too, like for me just watching how she she's real. I I just feel like it's she really lives out what she talks about and is, you know, I, this word I know authentic is used a lot <laughs> in like Christian circles, but she really is just a very authentic person. And so it was yeah, it was really just a great experience, but again, like just the things that have come from that
0: really good. So you're in a season of milk and honey right now, but it was not (laughs) like that. Like we talked about, you know, throughout, it's been a journey. So can you, what can you tell us? Um, is there any encouragement or anything you can share to someone who might be in a similar season?
1: Yes. You know, just what I would say, is what actually I was told by a godly woman and someone that was a spiritual mentor to me when we first moved to Clovis. She's now with Jesus. Her name is Arlene Gregory. Such a sweet woman of God. And um, when I might get a little bit emotional, but you know, when when we first moved to Clovis, I was so disillusioned by the church and you know my mom was dying of cancer there was just so much going on and I just was at a at that place just felt like oh lord how why did you let us be in all those churches where we experienced all these things and you know just that, that just was so hard. Anyways, God put Arlene in my life. And the words that she shared with me, I just would say to those of you that are listening, that God uses everything in our lives for a purpose. He allows it. God doesn't make bad things happen. I mean, scripture you know, says every good and perfect gift comes from God the Father. God doesn't tempt us. But I know that God allows us to go through things to refine us, um, but also so that he can use it for his honor and glory. Even when we go through things that maybe we don't understand, why do we go through them? God has a reason for all of it to use it for his good purposes. And I know there's a scripture in Romans that talks about that, that, you know, that there's everything you know, is used for his honor and glory, for his good purposes, that there's nothing that that goes to waste. And so, you know, if you've been in a hard season, just continue to hold tightly to God. I would say just be in God's word, be surrounding yourself with godly women, or if you're a man, godly <laughs> men, you know, that can that can come alongside and just encourage you and support you because we need one another. God, you know, made us to be in community with one another. Um, so just his word prayer and be in community is, is huge, but just know that we will go through. I mean, I think the Bible talks about it. I don't mean to go off like a here, but it's like, you know, I mean, God's word says that when you go through trials, when, these things happen. And so it's, it's not a thing of if, but when, and, you know, as you just said, Savannah, I'm, I'm in a wonderful season. I'm so grateful, but, but I'm not promised that I'm going to stay in this great season, you know, and, and we do go through hard things. And so that's just my encouragement to those that are listening today.
0: That was so good. Thank you. I, yeah, you, you live that out too because you've given that to me in in a hard season and and yeah, I know people are going to benefit from that, so thank you.
1: Well, and I just wanna quickly say yeah. it is just incredible. I know I've told you this in in other times in person, but I just want to take a moment just to say it right now. It is just beautiful, like truly, truly beautiful to see your life today and all that God has done and all that He's doing. And I know that He has much more that He's going to do, but it's just it's truly exciting to just see like you are God's handiwork. What you have you have sought the Lord and you've positioned yourself you were intentional and purposeful and you are continuing to be you know (laughs) but it's like you're like to me living proof and testimony of a life that has opened herself up to God and to see what God has done and what he's doing. It's really an amazing thing. And I'm I'm truly
0: blessed to be a part of it. Oh, thank you. I will receive that. Compliments have not always come easy to me to take. But like I said, I, I've asked God to to hear from him. And I know he uses other people to to send a message. So I will receive that. Thank you so much. Um, okay, so we will wrap up with three questions I ask everybody on the podcast aka three things I need to know about all my friends so when you were a child what did you want to be when you grew up a mom oh <laughs> that's so <laughs> Truly. sweet yeah. I love it I think um Ruth and Zach and Samuel would say you're a great one so thank you that's so fun um okay what is a song that can instantly put a smile on your face I it's so funny because I you gave me this question before <laughs> like okay
1: but um, but one of the songs was already spoken on a different podcast oh my but gosh. um I really do like Love shadow I was going to say mean, is it Love shadow uh, but but <laughs> we laughed so
0: long about this. I know it's
1: hilarious but but I I had there's so many songs honestly like I think it's probably any song from like my high school, you know, years of just being out on the lake. I mean, just certain, certain songs to just put a smile on my face, but that's one
0: of them. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And what is your favorite way to use olive oil? So
1: I love mixing olive oil and there's several spices that I have at home. And then I like toss fresh vegetables in it and then
0: I bake it and, It's delicious. Yummy! I know. I'm so excited that fall's coming up because there's so many like one sheet pan, veggie, Mm -hmm. sweet potato bakes with green apples and all that. I'm I'm so excited. I'm ready. Oh, me too. Ready Ready for the warm weather to be gone. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much, Anastasia, for coming on. I said at the beginning, I know I have just gleaned so much from you and I know that this episode is going to bless so many more yeah I guess I would say too like if you are looking for a mentor or someone to come alongside you and speak truth in your life pray pray about it get on your face and pray because God will provide and I think that our relationship is is such a testimony for that so thank you so much yes. thank you Jesus yes. <laughs> and um I hope you have a great day.
1: thank you my friend so good oh to see God, you